0: You know The type of data that people put into Dovetail, to really get accurate insights out of this qualitative data, you have to have a human do the tagging because the amount of context you need coming to that data set, whether it's context on your own customer base, the context on the product and your roadmap, the problem set, the pain points, even your internal culture, all come into the way that you uh, go through and classify for data.
1: Welcome to the Blind Spots Podcast. This show is designed to help marketers and researchers understand just how to address blind spots in key go to market areas through primary research efforts. This podcast is brought to you by Double Check Research, an established leader in win loss and churn research and analysis with a mission to help clients improve their win rates by turning buyer insights into competitive advantage. My name's Ryan Sorley. I'm a founder, a researcher, a soon-to-be author, a husband to one and a dad to three, and your grateful and humble podcast host. Each show, I will engage with marketing, sales, product, and competitive intelligence experts in the B2B technology space in meaningful and thought-provoking conversations with actionable strategies on how to help product marketers and those with a love for research drive value across their organizations. From win loss insurance data to persona research and competitive intelligence, as product marketers were often the steward of mounds of qualitative unstructured intelligence, the challenge is that we're often given little guidance, if any, into how to synthesize the data and unlock meaningful insights to drive meaningful change. In the past, at Double Check, we wrestled with this challenge on a daily basis until about a year ago, when we discovered Dovetail, a super simple to use, intuitive research platform. That enables the researcher to store, organize, tag, and unlock insights to take data analysis from a mundane, frustrating task to an exciting and rewarding one. On this episode of Blind Spots, we're honored to have Benjamin Humphrey, co-founder of Dovetail, share why he launched Dovetail and why his platform solves one of the most painful issues researchers face today, making sense of qualitative data. Just to start off, you know, we use Dovetail every single day, a hundred times a day, and we use it to take all the win-loss data that we're collecting on behalf of our clients and kind of creating these awesome reports and then summarizing those reports, doing text analysis, and then really helping them understand what themes are trending. In areas like sales performance, or product feedback, or competitive intelligence, and all of that stuff, I'm just super curious to know, like, when you did you wake up one morning and say, "I want to solve the world's qualitative unstructured data problem," or like, how did this come to be? Tell us a little bit about you <laughs> and your background, and then your journey to to create Dovetail.
0: Uh, no, the answer is no. I, I didn't just wake <laughs> up and. Have this kind of genius idea, I suppose. I think like most startups start out solving like a very specific problem and then expand over time as they learn from their customers about maybe adjacent use cases or challenges they have. We started out as a diary studies product for doing longitudinal research. So for those who don't know what a diary study is, basically you ask your participants maybe a few questions or send them a survey every day every week and uh, for a period of time, maybe a few weeks, and uh, you build out a sort of a longitudinal understanding of what's going on. So it's useful for things like pregnancy tracking or uh, any kind of services type work like government services where they need to apply for something like a grant or apply for a mortgage. So it's interesting because when I was working at Atlassian as a designer, we were working with a researcher on the growth team and we were looking at onboarding for JIRA specifically back in the day. And we wanted to improve the onboarding experience, which was pretty terrible, honestly, back in 2014, 2015. And this research I was working with, you know, she was running a diary study for this uh, project for the first seven days. The trial was seven days long. And she would ask uh, customers uh, every day what they thought, how they went with, with Jira that day. You know, what did they get up to? How, many time, how long did they spend in the product? What did they like? What did they dislike? What did they try and set up? And the way that she ran this was using a sort of collection of tools. She sent them Tumblr blogs, one per person to fill out. And she used a spreadsheet and sticky notes on a whiteboard and things to analyze all the data. The whole project took maybe two or three months to recruit, collect and analyze and present the findings of essentially a week-long diary study. And I, at the time, was like, this is cooked. you know. As a designer working in Sketch, which was kind of the, the new exciting product for design at the time, I thought that researchers had a bit of a disservice when it came to software. And I, I sort of dug into it a bit more and realized that a lot of the tools were focused on uh, collection of data, surveying tools, but there wasn't a lot around uh, specifically for diary study. So that's what we started out as, a diary study product. You could use stuff to help us send text messages and emails and people could reply. But over a period of about six months to nine months, we realized that diary studies just wasn't a lucrative enough market or use case for us. And there is a very good diary studies product called D Scout that was around at the same time. They also offered, you know, professional services and things as well. So we just felt like we couldn't really do diary studies. But through the act of Taking that product to market and getting an MVP going for diary studies, we actually had a few early customers, researchers, who would talk to us and they, uh, you know, we did interviews with them and they would often cancel their subscription after their diary study had finished, which makes sense because they were just doing project by project. But we would ask them why they canceled and what they did with their data once they did cancel and they would export it and they would analyze it somewhere else. And so we looked at what they did with analysis and it was a very messy process involving spreadsheets and sticky notes, notebooks with kind of crazy handwritten notes, collaborative kind of workshop sessions, ultimately ending in maybe a PowerPoint or a keynote presentation or a confluence page. And that is where Brad, my co founder and I realized that maybe we could add more value is actually helping with the analysis part of it. And saying, you know, we don't mind if data comes from Dove, uh, from diary studies or from an interview or from a survey. You can pull it into Dovetail and you can uh, do something with it. We ended up pivoting and building the product that we have today to do uh, tagging.
1: That's an awesome story. And it just kind of makes me wonder if, because I know that you integrate with all kinds of different tools to be able to pull data in. And I think Typeform might be one of those. I'd be curious to know if you plan on expanding into the survey platform world at some point, if that's a fair <laughs> question.
0: You know, we've always said that we want to stay away from data collection. I think it's quite okay, a crowded okay. market. I would much rather integrate with tools like Typeform and NPS products like Delighted and Ask Nicely and uh, in-product feedback stuff like collection tools rather than build that stuff ourselves. Because there's just so many ways you can collect customer insights or customer feedback. And it's a bit of an in many sort of long tail thing to go and build all of these channels. But I think if we can integrate and then do a good job of like helping you analyze the data and store it, make it searchable and, and collaborate with the organization on insights, then that's something... Very valuable beyond just being a another survey platform, which the world probably doesn't need. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's for sure. So, so that's really interesting. And you know, the people that are listening to this show in particular are are product marketers within B two B technology companies, and you know, we have so many dovetail workspaces set up for our clients, yeah. all technology companies, and I, I wonder. What is the use case? Typical use case for we'll just pick a technology company. You don't have to name them, but like when somebody's using it, is it for UX research primarily? Have you started to see people spread out into other research areas just because the t- the tool is is so capable?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can I can talk about a specific uh, customer of ours, Canva, who was just in the news yesterday for being yeah. the, now the fifth most valuable private company in the world. So
1: wow, I didn't realize they, that. I
0: use them too. <laughs> yeah, so that they're they're an avid dovetail user, and we have a case study up on our site with them. So basically, you know, the way that we typically land inside companies is is through like design or, or research or PM, and it's typically folks doing customer interviews, using us for transcription and tagging. And then creating insights that they can share with the rest of the organization or the rest of their product team. So interviews and usability testing, quite common use cases. People also use us for survey analysis, mostly unstructured survey analysis, NPS responses, and all this kind of high volume stuff. Even support tickets, sales call transcripts, tweets, and social media posts, Slack, forum, community posts, anything that's unstructured qualitative data that you need to kind of break down into, I guess, classification using tags is useful for Dovetail. We added video about 18 months ago. So we, we added the ability to import recording from Zoom or from Google Meet and we transcribe it and you can slice the video up using tags and, and everything. But the foundation of the product is actually, it's not video, it's, you can just do all of that using plain text. So it's quite flexible in that, in that way. And at Canva, we definitely landed with the research team and that's the kind of core usage, but people get involved, you know, in, in different parts of the business. So the customer success folks and support and sales and market research, product marketers getting in there as well. And that's indeed how we use it too. You know, everybody at Dovetail uses Dovetail to build an understanding of our customers. And uh, our marketing team is always in there looking through the work that the product team's doing and they're trying to pull out great tidbits of information to to form marketing talking points and things. So it's, it can be successfully used as a whole organization-wide sure. product. But we typically start with folks doing interviews and usability testing in, in the product team.
1: So we, we have seen a lot of different situations where we're, we're kind of introducing Dovetail to a product marketer only to find out that a product manager or somebody on the UX side is already using Dovetail. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that Joe in product management uses it as well. So it's really cool when when that happens. And then on the flip side, we've seen a lot of situations where we've introduced it, and then all of a sudden it starts to spread out within the organization. And there's all of these Mm -hmm. different people either setting up projects, reaching out to Dovetail directly to set up their own workspaces. It's really... Contagious. It's like this contagious um, excitement, I guess, within companies. With the product marketers that that are listening to the show they struggle with all kinds of data. They might have data from interviews, you know, win loss interviews, it could be churn interviews, it could be customer experience interviews. They're collecting Zoom recordings or they have transcripts and they need a place to put it. They also might be collecting analyst reports from Gartner or Forrester or IDC. They might be getting social feeds in, they might have have competitive battle cards. It's like, They're drowning in data. And when we introduce the concept of bringing it all together in one place, it's like you could hear a pin drop because they have this (laughs) moment where they're just like, shock. (laughs) It's kind of like this moment of shock where they're like, holy cow, I know you're a win-loss firm, double check, and you're going to help us with that piece. But I can really expand the use of this into so many different aspects of my business and have this ultimately be the central command station for all of the data that we've collected. So it's just this amazing opportunity for them to have this vision or, or visibility that they didn't have before. The other thing that we've seen a lot is this text tagging process, which you know maybe they've had some sort of an automated text tool in the past. Maybe they have one today, but they struggle with it because it's spitting out Tags that aren't useful, right? It doesn't really have that human touch that that Dovetail provides with, you know, allowing the users to be the taggers and really tag as they see fit. And I know that you have some thoughts on that, right? The use case of, like the benefit of human tagging versus, versus automated tagging. Will you share just your perspective on that piece?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we definitely see the analysis part of Dovetail as, as a productivity tool, first and foremost. I think it's similar to like Figma, for example, for, for design. You know, they're not going to do the design work for you, but they're going to give you the tools to, to do it. And similar to maybe VS Code or something for engineers, again, like the, the, the IDE, it's, it's not going to write the code for you, but it can give you sort of superpowers in the form of features, keyboard shortcuts, integrations, maybe some ML or AI-assisted features that can make you faster and more productive. And I think the reason is that you know the type of data that people put into Dovetail, to really get accurate insights out of this qualitative data, you have to have a human do the tagging because the amount of context you need coming to that data set, whether it's context on your own customer base, the context on the product and your roadmap, the problem set, the pain points, even your internal culture, all come into the way that you uh, go through and classify for data. And I just can't do that without us having to invent sort of general artificial intelligence and actually replicate how how a human brain works. But I'm saying that there are some things we can do which typically fall into more of a natural language processing bucket. So a lot of people conflate NLP and AI as one thing, and they're actually very different. So natural language processing is quite straightforward. It's things like transcription, translation, entity extraction, sentiment analysis. These things are pretty easy to add to a product nowadays. And it can give you a bit of a first pass analysis. You can imagine if you had a bunch of content from an interview, maybe you would be able to get out of it the sentiment and different answers to different questions, perhaps extracting some mentions of people, place names, things like this. Obviously, we we already do transcription, maybe translation if you have an interview in a different language. That's all useful and can save you a lot of time wasn't that long ago that you had to manually transcribe things or pay a dollar fifty a minute for a human to do it. And now AI is sufficiently good that the accuracy is sort of 85 90% and the speed is... It's actually incredible how quickly AI transcription has become a replacement for human transcription in terms of the kind of cost, value time, accuracy time equation. But if you want to get into the details of actually classifying the data, then you need to build some kind of smart... Model using artificial intelligence or like a neural network. And the reality is that most research projects do not have enough data to do that. To get any kind of accuracy, you would need to be throwing, you know, hundreds or thousands of data points. And so we would need to do that on a project by project basis. So it's just not really feasible at at the current moment in time.
1: Well, that's... um you know maybe in the future in the, <laughs> there'll be some capability that will get us there interesting you know we still use human transcribers i i hate to, to admit mm-hmm. and it is costly and it is you know a little bit mm-hmm. more than what you had just thrown out as a number so you know i know Dovetail does provide transcripts through the, you know you drop a video in it transcribes which is amazing and we love that because you know clients want to see what people say like they want to actually see yeah. what people say they don't want to just read it and the to be able to transcribe a video and then be able to search within that transcript by keyword yep. is amazing. And, and to be able to just drop off a video snippet and put it into a presentation or, or some sort of a research alert within Dubtail just brings the research to a whole different level of value. So we've, we've been um, super happy with that, with that addition and use it quite regularly. Um, are you seeing a lot of people use, use the video capability?
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, we're probably entering an era where dusty sort of text heavy reports are not going to be the future of how research is consumed. We talk a lot about this, you know, push versus pull research consumption. So typically research teams and people doing research would push their insights or or reports to the rest of the business at a time that was convenient to them. So I would schedule uh, a meeting with the rest of the product team. And they would say, hey, I did this research and here's what I found. And the problem with that is that it's not all going to be relevant at that period of time. They're going to find many things. And if you come along to that meeting as a stakeholder or a CEO or a product manager or a designer only a slice of that's going to be relevant to you at that moment in time. So we'd love to flip it around and make it self-service so the researcher can contribute data and insights to the knowledge base, to the research repository. And when the PM or designer or CEO or stakeholder has a question at a moment in time that's relevant to them, they can uh, jump into Dovetail and search for answers and and come across the research. So it's more of a pull rather than a push mentality and, and more of a snack on research insights rather than eat Mm -hmm. a full meal. So I think that the the, the video element plays a huge part there because as you said, reading a quote from someone is far less impactful and, and emotional and certainly doesn't let you build as much empathy as watching that actual person say that quote. You know, And I think that I would like to see research reports come alive a lot more than they are today. And, and indeed, that's what we're trying to do with our new stories feature that we shipped a few weeks ago and being able to embed those clips inside reports and maintain that traceability back through to the original recording so people can jump through and see the context that they want. So, it's yeah, I think that the future is definitely video when it comes to consuming research.
1: So Benjamin, this is really amazing content and, and you have such an exciting solution that can add so much value. Can you give me an example of you know, maybe a, a use case or a case study where somebody leveraged Dovetail and it kind of led to them making a, a decision that made some sort of an impact? Give us a, a story like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I can give an example that's probably relevant for product marketers, especially if they're interested in pricing. Uh, I think a lot of people oh, yeah. are. So. <laughs> Now, we about a year ago, the product was advertised at, I think, $25 a user. And on the website, we showed $25 as, as the number, but we had a minimum of five users. So that the base cost was actually $125 a month. And we got a lot of support load, a lot of people on Twitter and through our support system asking if we could reduce the seat count because they didn't want to have five seats. And it's quite interesting because we were thinking we were trying to price the product for the value we were providing. So we felt like $125 a month was a fair price for the uh, features you were getting, regardless of whether you utilized all five seats. But that wasn't actually the mental model that our customers had. A lot of people were thinking, well, I only need one seat. Why is there a minimum of five? And when we dug into this some more... so. For context, we, we pipe all of our support tickets, all of our NPS responses, all of our tweets that we get mentioned on into Dovetail. So we build up the knowledge base. That's where we centralize all of our customer feedback in our product. So we honestly, we just had a lot of people in support. and It was a significant percentage of support volume. It was people actually getting in the... Our billing was getting in the way of them purchasing the product. And the other problem is that they were kind of a bit miffed about it. A lot of these people were freelancers or individuals in small agencies or consulting firms who didn't really want to go through the process of getting approval for the product. Or they just straight up didn't have a budget, for example, students perhaps doing their PhD. So we know how important word of mouth is for our business. It's a huge driver for us. And that combined with the support load, we felt like we needed to fix our pricing. So what we did is we did a bunch of research into this kind of thing and tried to figure out who were those type of people that were asking for a reduction in seats. And we came to that conclusion but this is a particular type of persona, particular role, really people who didn't need, have an ongoing need for Dovetail. They weren't trying to build a repository. They weren't a B2B customer. Like they weren't the canvas of the world. They were students and freelancers. So they would use the product for a bit, they wanted to pay twenty-five bucks a month, and then they would cancel after a few months and pull their data out. So we had a bit of a mismatch, I think, for the bottom of the market here, where they were this potentially huge word-of-mouth driver that we were missing out on, and we we're actually causing them frustration. You know, they they wanted to use the product, they really liked the trial experience, but there was this pricing barrier. So what we did is we implemented a churn reason form. We did a bunch of exit interviews and learned a lot about what they're after and it actually resulted in us changing how we presented the price on the website so we changed from 25 minimum of five to 125 so we just straight up told you exactly how much it cost and we changed minimum to includes five contributors so uh people would look at it and, and not think it's something that can be reduced And then the other thing we did is we introduced a cheaper analysis plan that started with one seat for $15 a month. And that is clearly targeted at people who just want to do analysis and dovetail and not uh, build a repository. So we now have analysis, analysis and repository and an enterprise. And then I guess the other thing we did is for folks who were cancelling, it was really interesting because people would reach out to us and say, I don't want to continue doing my analysis. I finished my analysis but I might come back in three to six months if I have another client and I'd like to keep our workspace intact for whatever reason. Will you delete our data if we cancel? And the answer is, yes, we will. So they were like, well, shoot, I don't want to pay an ongoing monthly fee if I'm not going to use it. So we introduced a paid pause plan, which is quite interesting, where people can actually downgrade to a pause plan for $10 a month and they can't use the product anymore but we will keep their data and keep their workspace intact for when they come back. So we actually shifted a bunch of churn into contraction and that reduced our sort of effective churn rate, monthly churn rate, and also allowed us to retain a connection to a bunch of people who indeed would pause and then come back. And so we see this kind of fluctuation in the bottom of the market. But the cool thing is because it's a relatively inexpensive product $15 a month is is fine for a student or a freelancer we no longer alienate, alienate those people and uh, they can be a big word of mouth driver for us so I think that was an interesting kind of case study and how we I guess had a pricing problem used Dovetail to, to do some research to figure out what was going on and then made some changes which have worked out
1: yeah, I mean that that's a great story, and it, it's um, amazing to use your own platform to solve your own problem. And I think the mm-hmm. the um, going back to the word contagious. I mean, when when you lower that barrier for people to to use it, to keep using it, they're going to talk about it, and and they're going to and like you said earlier, word of mouth is our, is really important to us. And I, I would just imagine that it's like wildfire with, with your, your particular business. I guess when I, when I think about product marketing and I think about win-loss research and all of the work that, that we're doing for clients and that they're doing within Dovetail for themselves to kind of unpack the data and be able to deliver it up to their internal stakeholders, like what's coming down the road that they should be looking for and, and get excited about?
0: Yeah, we actually have a very exciting roadmap for the next 18 months. Our product roadmap is chock full of of really (laughs) interesting features. Um, So, you know, we're we're going through a big growth spurt. We're now 42 people, I think, and and end of next year will be 110 people. And, And part of that is we're breaking up the product team into focused smaller product teams to work on different parts of the product. So we have an analysis team who's focused on building that really awesome productivity analysis product. We also now have a repository team that is focused on building a great repository for research data. So that includes things like file management and search within files. So when you do upload a PDF, we can actually index that file and allow you to deep link to specific pages, embed files within stories. The analysis team is looking at a whole bunch of work at the moment around building views so that you can actually view your data in different ways, like a table or a Kanban or a uh, grid, and even a canvas, which is a really interesting thing we're working on. So you can affinity map your data, which is a popular feature request that we get. So you no longer have to go to Miro or FigJam. You can actually just do that in Dovetail. And uh, that's obviously a big project, building a real-time collaborative canvas view, (laughs) which we hope to get out in the next few months. Another interesting thing we're we're trying to do next year is, I mentioned a wee bit about high-volume analysis and AI. We'd love to have a, a very... API-driven, integration-first product, think sort of segment-style product for doing automatic tagging of customer feedback data, support tickets, NPS responses, social media posts. So the current product is really built for that manual highlighting and tagging. And I think that there's an opportunity for us to build another product that's really built for this high-volume use case. So those are just a few things we're working on. We're always trying to strike the balance between innovating with new features and opportunities and also trying to hit on some customer pain points and solve some of those. So uh, I think charts, embeddable charts is also on the analysis team's roadmap.
1: Awesome. And I, I love the fact that you publish your roadmap on your website and you kind of mm-hmm. believe you prioritize it, right? You say, like, what's happening right. now, what's happening next, and then what's happening yep. <laughs> later, I guess. Yep, um, that's right. Th- that's always good to go back and, and check in. So I, I appreciate that, that visibility. I'm sure that your users love that as well. Benjamin, I have one more question for you. What is it that you want to be remembered for? So after you've had this glorious career, you've you know, grown Dovetail. To a huge organization, and you're kind of sailing off into the sunset. It's your retirement party, and you know you're looking back on your career and your life. Like, what is what do you care about? Like, what are, what do you want people to to say when they when they when they're talking about you? What do you want to be remembered for?
0: Man, that is a that is a hard question, and something that I have not spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, uh, like, I, I think you know if we've made some kind of meaningful difference in people's lives, I think that's a pretty good outcome. More so than perhaps at a slightly higher magnitude than just what i could have done on my own so i think if you know one of the cool things about i guess starting a company and and uh building a startup from scratch is that we get to have a a bit of a you know an impact on a bunch of different people's lives whether that's you as a customer using our product and benefiting from it and and winning more customers and, and providing a better experience for your customers whether that's our team You know, one of the cool things that we're really proud of is that we went through COVID. We got through COVID. A lot of companies were laying people off or had to reduce hours. A lot of businesses went under, especially in hospitality and tourism and travel. We're pretty proud of the fact that we continue growing and and providing jobs and hiring people here in Sydney. So we have a team now who enjoy coming to work and we provide a great experience, hopefully for them. A lot of young people who've never worked in startups before and our community and customers. So I think that I feel like if we can yeah, just meaningfully impact somebody's life a little bit and do that at scale. I personally would feel pretty happy with that, to be honest. I feel like I have a pretty low bar for, for that. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And then in terms of retirement and stuff, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I want to retire at any point. I think I just keep working like Warren Buffett. <laughs> you're far and that was
1: Benjamin Humphrey, co-founder of Dovetail. If you're interested in Dovetail and want to take it for a spin to see how it can help you unpack qualitative unstructured data... And turn it into something meaningful and actionable? They're actually offering a free trial to Blind Spots listeners. All you need to do is visit dovetailapp.com forward slash p forward slash double check and sign up. And if you liked this episode and want to hear more Blind Spots, please subscribe on your favorite podcast channel. And as always, thank you so much for listening.